Today's show is going to be a good one. I think you'll like it. In this episode, we're going to walk through what we're calling five financial commandments that are worth being written down on a stone tablet in your retirement plan. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Welcome into My Retirement Clarity. I am Ben George. Great to have you with us today as we have another exciting, exciting show planned for you. And I'm joined as always by Lee Perkins, owner and financial advisor at JL Perkins Wealth Management. Lee, how's it going? Uh, how are things in the office? I know I'm sure election's a big topic of conversation right now. Yeah, it is. It seems to be all election, all the time. Uh, phone calls a lot you know, pretty much every day, not a ton of calls every day, but a few every day asking about the election, what my opinion is. And of course, you know, we're recording this show before the election. I think when this show hits, it'll be two days after the election. Here's my prediction. By the time this show drops on about November the 5th, we will not know <laughs> who the president is. Um, I think it's going to take several weeks after that. I'm, I'm hoping we will know by, by November. But I know this, man, I am sick and tired of political ads, um, emails, texts. Text messages. Yeah, that's one thing that I don't remember getting as many of in the last election. It it seemed like social media advertising was kind of the the big thing last election. But but this time it seems to be a lot of, still a lot of that, but a ton of, uh, yeah, a ton of emails and a ton of... um, text messages. So it's crazy. I'm, I'll be glad when that is over. Yeah, I think we'll all be ready for this election to pass and uh, have things kind of quiet down on that front and and kind of go back to our everyday life, not just stressing over the debates and all these, you know, the taxes, will they rise? What does this mean for our finances going forward? But it's a perfect time to also to remind people, though, too, by, by listening to this podcast, we have an offer for them in terms of taxes, because that's a big topic of a conversation, a big focus for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you this, no no matter who wins the election, doesn't matter if it's Trump or it's Biden, at some point the the piper has got to be paid and taxes are going to increase. I mean, just look at everything that has been done uh really in response to the coronavirus, all the money, the stimulus money that's been thrown around. Somebody's got to pay for this and you know that somebody's going to be you and I. So that's going to happen in the you know, in the form of increased taxes in the future. So that's why we put the, the book together, Diffuse, uh, Seven Steps to Diffusing the IRS Ticking Tax Time Bomb. Uh, it's a great little book, quick read. And so, yeah, folks want to get a copy of that book, just text the word Diffuse to 474747, and we'll send you a copy of that book at no charge. Outstanding. So, well, let's get into our main topic today, and that's the financial commandments. We're going to lay out six financial commandments for people to follow. Maybe you want to write these on a stone tablet might be a good idea. Either way, (laughs) these are great rules to be following for your financial planning. So let's begin with this one. I'm going to lay them out for you, Lee. You tell us what they mean, why they are so important for uh, our retirement planning. Number one, thou shalt not compare your investments to the stock market without proper context. 
Yeah, this is a, a big one. Um, and sometimes I tell people don't compare your investments, don't compare your account with your buddy's account. Um, and so, so that line in their proper context means everything. Most people aren't invested in a manner that their investments should absolutely mirror what, what is going on in the stock market over you know a day, a week, or a month, or whatever it is. Most people are diversified in, in some manner to where they may have a little bit less exposure to, to market risk. And so when we see these, the indexes that we see, you know, whether it's the Dow or the S&P, you know, that's not necessarily going to mirror exactly what you have in your, in your portfolio. I mean, if you're, if you're 65 years old and you've got 60% bonds and 40% stocks or vice versa, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. Well, if the the Dow goes up 300 points that day. That doesn't mean that your portfolio is going to react in the exact same way because you don't have 100% of your money in those 30 companies that represent the Dow. So make sure you know, you're, you're not beating up uh, yourself because you're not getting the return that the, the market is getting. Because remember, if you're not getting the return that the market is getting on a good day, you're probably not going to get the, the downturn when the market is having a having a bad day. So again, just keep it in proper context and don't try to chase the market. Always good advice. Do not try to chase. Some people have paid the price in 2020 doing just that. Oh, absolutely. And and, and let me reiterate this. Yeah. Don't try to compare yourself with somebody else, with somebody else's account, because I can promise you, people don't tell the truth about their accounts and what they're earning and how they're doing. And we just continually hear, man, my brother-in-law said he made a killing in XYZ stock. Mm-hmm. Well, he may have, but there's a really good chance that he lost his shirt in ABC stock or, or whatever it is. So just right. you, you do you and let your brother-in-law do your brother-in-law. <laughs> Well, as we talk a bit about quite a bit on the show on My Retirement Clarity, it's all about designing a strategy that's going to work for you long-term, over time. So that takes us to number two of our financial commandments. Thou shalt not give up before giving your strategy enough time to play out. Yeah, I, I do see this one not as much nowadays. I think we've done a pretty good job of educating our clients that, that this is a, a marathon. It, it is not a sprint. If somebody comes in my office and they're a prospect and they want to know what kind of return they can get in the next month or six months, they're probably not going to be a good fit because they're not going to like the advice that I give them, which is we're, we're in this, to use a cliche, we're in this for the long haul. We're going to make calculated decisions, but we're not going to overreact because we know that the market reacts to news and the news is unpredictable. So be in it for the long haul, you know, as, as we alluded to earlier, talking about the election, all of my conversations have, have gone pretty similarly with people when they say, hey, what do I need to do in preparation for the election? And my answer is, well, is what's going on right now with the, with the election, does that change your time horizon of this being a 30-year plan? And if it doesn't, then... We're probably not going to do anything. Sure, we can make tweaks here and there, but we're not going to blow up a plan just because our guy might not get elected. So, yeah, be in there for the long haul. Stop listening to news. Don't try to jump in and out of the market. 
It's the whole reason you design a financial plan. So you don't have to worry about these day-to-day moves up and down. Yeah. And unfortunately, most people don't have a financial plan. They simply have an investment and they call that a financial plan. And they think that by jumping in and out of the market, they're planning. And that's the exact opposite of what they should do. A financial plan is way more than just the investments. Investments is important, but an overall plan encompasses way more than just, you know, what, what positions you should own and how long you should own them. Absolutely. And when you're talking about investments, you know, if you're in your 50s or 60s getting close to retirement, it's probably not the best idea for you to be looking to you know, achieve the same returns on those investments that you enjoyed in your 30s and your 40s because you don't, you don't have as, as long enough time frame to recover from the risk that comes with that. So that takes us to number three in our financial commandments, thou shalt not chase big returns too late in life. Yeah, I like this one a lot, and, and it's, it's a great piece of advice or a great commandment if we're going to call these the financial commandments. Maybe I do need to get a, a big stone tablet and put these in the, in the lobby. We'll see if people would actually uh, pay attention to those. I think that could be, could be pretty cool. So, yeah, chasing returns when you're too late in life is a recipe for disaster simply because you don't have the time to make up big losses. One of the things that people sometimes overlook is that, you know, when you're in your 30s, 40s, or even early 50s, depending on how long you're going to work, you can afford those downturns while you're still working simply because while you're still working, you're putting money into that 401k or those those retirement accounts, 403bs, whatever it is. And as the market's going down, you're buying more and more shares of whatever it is that you own. So actually, a down market could help you. So when the market goes back up, you know, you own more shares of whatever it is that you're buying. Once you're in retirement, there is no putting money, you know, we're not buying into the market every pay period. So you've got to be more cognizant about the amount of risk that, that you take. And generally speaking, most people sort of take the foot up, their foot off the gas, you know, later, you know, later in maybe their late 50s, early 60s, depending on when they're going to retire. There's no reason for you to to try to get a 12% return every every year because if you've got a million dollars, let's just just to make the the math easy. If you've got a million dollars in in your account, you're invested really aggressively and you're trying to average a 12%. Well, if you're shooting for a 12% average, yeah, you could get 30% or 35% one year, but you could also lose 30 or 40%. And then I asked the question, well, if your million dollars in a good year went to $1.3 million, does that really change your retirement? Maybe, maybe not. But if it goes from a million down to $650,000, that could have um, you know, a negative impact on the quality of, of your retirement that you want. So just make sure that you're investing each appropriately. Hey there, sorry to interrupt the show, but I wanted to take just a minute to tell you about a new book I've written called Diffuse, How to Protect Your IRA or 401k from the IRS Ticking Tax Time Bomb. It's a really easy read and it gives you specific strategies that you can implement right now to be better prepared for increasing taxes. Now we all know taxes are very likely to increase in the future and with all the recent stimulus packages, I believe that even more. So I'm making this book available to you, the listener of the show. So here's how you get it. Just text the word DEFUSE to 474747. Give us a good mailing address and we'll send it right out. I'll even pick up the shipping cost. 
Again, just text the word DIFFUSE to 474747 and get your copy today. Now back to the show. All right, our fourth one, sticking with investing here, is thou shalt not ignore costs and fees. And this is very important because investing is not free, but the amount you pay is going to vary from one place to the next. Yeah, so I like to tell people, don't don't overlook it. Don't ignore it. It does matter. Now, I'm, I'm not going on the side of a Clark Howard. You know, Clark Howard doesn't want you to pay a dime for anything, and he thinks everything should be free. Uh, cheaper is not always better. And, and in the world of in, investing, many times it's not. I do want you to be aware of, of the fees that you're paying. Most people, I will tell you, Ben, most people don't have a financial advisor and they're paying higher fees. If you're going to pay a fee, you should be getting some advice, planning advice, not just investment advice. You should be getting some planning advice. And, and that's that's why my clients stay with me. It's because they're getting more than simply investment advice. They're getting advice on tax planning, uh, income planning, of course, investment planning, but healthcare, legacy planning, all those things are really, really important. So if you're going to pay a, somebody a fee to manage your account, you should be getting more than that. Now, a couple of products or whatever to be on the lookout for as far as high fees. Um, you know, I would tell people never buy a, a fund that has a front end or, or a, a back end load. You don't want to pay a commission to get in and out of something. Those are typically loads are typically found in mutual funds. Stay away from those. Uh, we don't use those. Don't recommend them. Variable annuities are another one, another product that is a very popular product, especially in the in the wirehouse world. But, you know, we've seen fees in in variable annuities be anywhere from three to seven and a half percent, and all it is is mutual funds wrapped in in a in an insurance uh, policy. Very, it's the most expensive way that you can own mutual funds. So. I'm not a fan of them. Some people like them. Uh, I've yet to see the situation where I've wanted to recommend a variable annuity to somebody. So, uh, yeah, th those are a couple things. M um, mutual fund, front-end loads, back-end loads, and variable annuities, very high-priced, high-cost products. Gotcha. All right, so let's close out our, our conversation on financial commandments here. And look, we know when we talk financial planning, it's not a, you know, set it and forget it. You're always working to improve, adjust, uh, evolve as you move forward in life and life changes. So number five in our financial commandments is thou shalt not overlook the importance of rebalancing and diversifying. Yeah, this these are two big, big keys, two big words here. And I want to take tackle these sort of separately. Diversification is one that sometimes gets overlooked, but this is you know, lots of times people say, well, I, you know, I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket. Well, that's kind of what we're talking about here. But from a diversification standpoint, sometimes people see that as, well, I don't want to have all my money at one place, you know, at this bank or the, at this firm or that firm. That's not the type of diversification that I'm talking about. I'm talking about investment diversification where your money is spread among different asset classes. This is one of the reasons why I'm not a big fan of somebody you know, buying, putting a bunch of money in an individual stock. There's just not any diversification. And if something happens to that one company, uh, it can go sideways on them pretty quickly. If you're diversified across a lot of different asset classes, you can weather the storm of, of whether or not something happens bad in one area. You know, a few years ago, international stocks were the place to be. 
Some people loaded up on those, especially towards the end of the year and then the first of the next year, the first six months of the following year. International stocks were the worst place to be. And so for those people that put all those eggs into that basket, so to speak, it, it was really sort of a, you know, kind of a bad deal because they were simply trying to buy what was hot at the time. Um, again, we, we try not to guess. I try not to guess on a daily basis where the best place is to put somebody's money. We leave this up to the professional money managers that we use. They're laser focused and that's what they do all day, every day is, is try to get the best return that's, that's adjusted, you know, best risk adjusted return. Um, and, and that's, we've got a lot of confidence in their ability to do that. Now, rebalancing, I think is the second thing to mention here. Rebalancing is very, very important. And the easy way to explain this is simply buying, you know, buying low and selling high. And, and that's what rebalancing does. If, being if you would picture a pie, let's cut this pie okay. into to four pieces. And let's say each one of these pieces of the pie represents a, a, a different sector so, or, or, you know, a sector or some type of asset class. Well, if we fast forward, assuming nobody eats a piece of pie, let's say, you know, six months from now, one piece of pie has gotten bigger and the other one has gotten smaller or maybe two of them have gotten smaller. What rebalancing does is sell the ones who have gotten uh, the slice, a little bit of the slices that have gotten bigger and bought more of the smaller slices and they're rebalancing. And when you have a professionally managed account, they, they do this systematically and without even worrying about things. And it's a great way for you to make sure that you're consistently buying low and selling high. So yeah, diversification, rebalancing, do not overlook the importance of those two things. Great tip there. Yeah, thanks for explaining those to us since you know separately and the differences between those. But that is a very important piece of this, and that's why these are the five financial commandments. At least five of the financial commandments. This is probably not all of them, right, Lee? This is just this is a good kind of starting point for you. Yep, ab- absolutely. I, I actually a few weeks ago uh, sent an email to all my clients that I didn't call it um, financial commandments, but I. I called them financial foundational pieces. Mm-hmm. And I had 11 things in there that all of these were actually in there, but there's a few more that I have. And if you want a copy of that, just call the office and I'll make sure we get you that, that PDF. Absolutely. Well, let's close out the show with a mailbag question from Sally and Macon. She said, I just heard that I could get half of my ex-husband's social security benefit. Is that true? Can I really take half of it away from him? That's, that is a very timely question because I was actually... <laughs> actually playing pickleball this morning with a a group of people. It's a great sport. If you've never played it, it's a lot of fun. Much easier on the knees than than tennis. But I had a lady that I played with this morning, and she asked me the exact same question. So the answer is yes and no. Yes, you can get half of your ex-husband's Social Security, but the second part of how she phrased that was, can I really take half of it away from him? It's not going to impact his his Social Security at, at all. But yes. Uh, the IRS changed the rules on this years ago, or Social Security Administration, excuse me, changed the rule years ago to where it was a sort of a better deal where you could be younger before you could do this. Now, if you want to take about take advantage of this claiming uh, a benefit from an ex-spouse, you've got to be full retirement age. And so, th- so it's a little bit stricter in that. But yes, you absolutely can do it, but it's not going to impact 
his benefit in in one in one bit. So if he's got two or three ex-wives, as long as he was married to them for at least 10 years, they can they could draw on his benefit as well. Hmm. So yep, that's probably just one of the, the reasons that Social Security uh, <laughs> is in a little bit of financial trouble because of loopholes like that. But yep, absolutely. You can do it. Sally, if, if you want to talk more about it specifically, just give our office a call and we'll, uh, we'll walk you through it. Yeah. A few ways to get in touch with Lee and his team at JL Perkins Wealth Management. You can Get online, talkwithlee.com. It's that simple. That'll take you right to uh, the website to schedule a meeting with Lee. You can also call him directly, 478-254-3550. And you can find him online as well, myretirementclarity.com. And as always, before you get out of this podcast, remember, there is an opportunity as a listener of the show to get the Ticking Tax Time Bomb book offer from Lee. Yep. Just text the word diffuse, as in diffusing the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. Uh, just text the word "diffuse" to forty-seven, 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 and we'll give you a copy of that book at no charge. Well, thank you, Lee, for going through uh, the the financial commandments with us today. I appreciate it as always. Look forward to talking to you again on the next episode. Absolutely, looking forward to it, Ben. Take care. Investment advisory services are offered by JL Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.